I'll bite. What's the first worst decision? Marrying you. We're here. What the hell is this? The best worst podcast on the internet, brother. You know it. Hey everybody, today is Monday, October 3rd, 2016. We're going to briefly kind of cover Monday Night Raw. Uh, unfortunately, the past few weeks has just been utter disappointment. Um, if you feel like it's not, then feel free to share why in the comments section below. But Raw has hit record low ratings, and we're going to talk about five things that, that WWE can do to improve Monday Night Raw. But first, Brandon has got a theory about Monday Night Raw and why it's been so poor, so... Brandon, feel free to take the floor. Yeah, man, it's just they're they're doing so many things that are just terrible right now uh, with Monday Night Raw, and and I put this out there on Twitter, and some people were saying that you know they're just doing it because SmackDown um, needs ratings and it's a new show and all that kind of stuff. But to be honest with you, there's got to be something to this. You know, it's their flagship program according to them. It's it's their their main show, and they've hit record lows from back in the '90s. You know, so. You know, they were up against the presidential debate. They're up against Monday Night Football, but they're just phoning it in. There's nothing going on. Uh, you know, like tonight, there was a couple things with Rollins um, and, you know, the title change at the end. But you can look through this entire show for three hours. All it was was matches with no story behind them. There's no continuation, really, of anything um, or, you know, adding fuel to any of these, you know, different stories that they're trying to tell. Um, and there's just really, you know, nothing to keep anybody entertained other than Chris Jericho, you know, like, so, um, you know, it, it seems to me like they're trying their best right now to get to a point where USA is basically going to, you know, kind of give them an ultimatum almost. And, and basically they could go take all of their shows and go to the network with them, you know, like where you have to pay they're 9.99 or maybe they bump it up to 14.99 or something like that but you know it, it's going to get to a point in my opinion where all of their programming is on the network and like you you can't see wwe unless you pay them directly there's no middleman there's no you know um network that they have to pay there's no pay-per-view stream really anymore um so it's it's all done through the network and you have to pay them and and you know it's 100 percent pure profit for them so I mean, that's, that's kind of my opinion where I see it going in the next, let's say, five years or so. Um, but there's no way that they can, continue, they can continue to do this and either keep, you know, the three-hour platform or stay on TV. You know, I just, I don't understand how, you know, a show that, that was dominating, you know, back, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago and is, is where it is at now. Like, any other TV show would be canceled at this point, you know, so... Um, let's just get into the five things that they can improve, man, because sure. talking about the show is just, it just makes me mad. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> let's talk about ways we can make it better. Yeah. So the number one, so I, I wanted to make a brief analogy quick before we get into the five, but so it almost sounds like to you, this is like what you do in sports when you know that you're going to, you're going to have a losing season. So you throw it in so you can get the number one overall pick. Oh, for sure. Just... Uh, in which case, it's like you want the benefit of being the best loser in town. Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, it's kind of, it kind of sounds like that. So they're they're going for like the Timberwolves did a few years ago with Carl Anthony Towns. Or, right. Yeah. So um, it, it, it kind of makes sense from that logic. Uh, you know, and, and since day one, Vince has been all in on the network. So um, I, maybe th- this isn't true and they're actually just that bad. They might be. Maybe, yeah. I mean, uh, but but you know, um, they got to be fearful at some point because uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan are growing bigger, and um, and you know, heck, you know, so every once in a while, TNA has some good storylines like the Hardy bo- Matt Hardy. So yeah, I mean, the only thing that's that's uh, you know, basically giving them a good re- good name right now is SmackDown. You know, it, it's and it's run by um, the former NXT writer, like we talked about uh, before we came on here. So. You know, they, they're doing a lot of different things with SmackDown that are far superior. And, and Raw is just so stagnant and stale that it's just so boring, you know. So, uh, you know, the first one that we kind of came up with here is they need to keep Seth Rollins and this storyline going where he turns face. So how do you think that this is going to help Monday Night Raw in the long run? Well, I mean, he's clearly their top talent. Yeah, for sure. You know, and uh, until Finn Balor's back, I mean, when I look at those two, it's 1A, 1B. And Seth Rollins is 1A, and Finn Balor is 1B. So if you look at the draft, they had a lot of invested in Seth Rollins, Charlotte, and Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that they're going to put the whole thing for the next five years on those two guys. And um, but since um, since Finn Balor got such a devastating injury, he's going to be out for a while. Uh, they don't really have a top face. What they have is a good secondary heel and a guy like Kevin Owens mm-hmm. or Chris Jericho. And right now, they can keep that storyline going. And so, like the best thing you can do right now is keep this going, and eventually Seth Rollins can get into a feud with with Triple H down the road. And like that can keep Seth Rollins going as a top face, and you can still have a Kevin Owens like championship run going for a while. So why do you think they should keep Seth Rollins? Well, face I think going? I think you know one thing you're forgetting is they've always got they've always got Roman Reigns, you know. So he, he's their <laughs> top face, uh, but uh, you know Seth Rollins is to me is the best talent that they have, and you know anything that he does is going to be gold. Uh, and and I just think that you know his his personality, his move set, and all that kind of stuff is more designed for him to be a face character right now anyway. And whether they're going to go back to the authority storyline or something like that, it, re- it really seems to me like Mick Foley's almost like a placeholder at this point in this storyline. It's, you know, he's going to end up, you know, either quitting or getting fired or getting pushed out or something like that. So, you know, you've got Rollins is kind of like that black sheep that got kicked out of this group. And it's a, it's a good story that they can tell. They just are doing it very poorly. So, you know, it, it's a good thing that Seth Rollins is so good because he's kind of shining where the creative department is kind of failing, you know. So um, I, I just think that as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be at the top level for a really long time. So Absolutely. Um, the next one we have, which we've already brought him up, unfortunately, is to turn Roman Reigns heel. They've been needing to do this for a really long time, but uh, how do you see this happening, and how how would this affect his um, you know popularity and his character in general? They're giving him the John Cena treatment right now, which is like love him or hate him, he gets a reaction. Yeah, you know, and and I don't think like I know that like Vince McMahon thinks that's a really positive thing, but it 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 is and it isn't. 
um, it's something where it can be a positive thing if you use it. Mm-hmm. Like if you actually give people a reason to hate him, i.e. a heel, then like he can actually be a dominant heel. You know, he can go back to being a smug jerk, which I think it actually suits him a bit more. You know, being a smiley, grinning super dad is not really in his character. No. You know, and and just allowing him to be that more natural character is going to help him. And, and, and eventually in the long haul, it might make him a top face. You know, The Rock had to go through that. Stone Cold had to go through that. Uh, a lot of the top guys had to go through that before they, you know, got... I mean, even... John Cena was a heel for a long time, you know, the yeah. doctor of thugonomics. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to let him go through that, not only f- for saving his character, because, man, those those boosts and I were epic. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah, and you got to use that not only for um, just to help revive his career, but just to shift him into a momentum because the, the dominance of those boosts, if you give him a strong heel turn, could eventually sway it and actually make those cheers just as powerful yeah and you know the biggest difference um you know with someone like the rock is they let that character kind of naturally build off of what the fans were giving him so you know uh you you kind of start him in uh that you know when he first came out as rocky maivia that character was terrible people were you know into it at the beginning and then basically chanted like die rocky die kind of stuff so they let him go into a heel persona. He joined the Nation of Domination. At that point, he got bigger than that group. Uh, and then, you know, eventually they, you know, join. he joined the corporation after that. So there's like this long history of letting him kind of evolve slowly over time. Um, you know, they had swerves where he turned um, on the fans and joined Vince McMahon. So you've got all these things that, you know, good storytelling allows you to do but right now with roman reigns especially we all know that they're just like cramming him down our throats so you know that's that's why he gets that reaction is like we know he's like the chosen one and he's always going to get a title shot so you know take take what we know as fans like what you're doing and turn it around and make it like you know shove that in our face but make it the storyline you know like have vince mcmahon or Stephanie or whoever pick him as the chosen one just like they're doing with like the Kevin Owens Seth Rollins thing like have them go with Roman Reigns and shove that on our face like he's always going to be at the top because you know he's our guy and you all hate him and just run with it you know but they just don't do that so um no they do the opposite yeah so they 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 come out and have him smile and have him do really cheesy promos and no one cares um, you have him either head, you know, the first thing you see on the show or the last thing you see on the show. Um, you know, it's just, it's awful. It, and we, like, we're tired of it, you know? So the only thing they can do, and he's got to take a subtler role in this is, is for the shield to get back together where he's not the main guy. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be like, he's actually the last guy. And you have to like rebuild his image over a long haul through the shield again, you know, and you let Ambrose and Rollins shine. You let Rollins kind of be the leader and the guy eventually that turns heel is Dean Ambrose. Yeah. I mean, um, and that's, and that's how you would eventually build that sympathy for his character again. Like the first time Seth turned heel. Yeah. I mean, something that I would do, and this is just me thinking off the top of my head is, you know, you have like a backstory, you let this kind of play out, but then you tell the story afterwards where, 
you know, Seth Rollins always comes out and says how every time he's in the ring with Roman Reigns, he always beats him. Like, that's one of the three guarantees in life or whatever, you know, like you said. So Death taxes and Seth Rollins always beats you. Yeah. So you have something where Triple H came out. He screwed over Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. He got Kevin Owens the belt just so, you know, Reigns could beat Kevin Owens for the title. And then you have some kind of like weird reconciliation with Roman Reigns and Triple H. Like, you know, after WrestleMania, they had like this coming together where they understood where each other was coming from. And they really wanted Roman Reigns at the beginning. They wanted him to be the guy, whatever. So you have like this weird storyline where Roman Reigns has actually joined the authority and they've screwed over Seth Rollins so that he can be, you know, he can get the belt, like something weird like that. Yeah, uh, almost like when uh, Vince McMahon came out and uh, and Stone Cold Steve Austin churned heel. Yeah, exactly. But at that, but at that point too, you got to have Jr. come back. Yeah, my you God, that, damn it, Austin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you could do a lot of things, but they just need to make it happen because right yeah. now it's just so stale. Like his character just sucks. And it, it's uh, very, very John Cena-esque where, you know, people, I think if they use John Cena's character correctly, people would respond to him, you know? Um, but it's just kind of that hatred because we know it's similar to a Hulk Hogan. Like he's always going to win. Um, we know his character is that golden boy and it's just, it just gets old, you know? So I like John Cena more than Roman Reigns at this point. Oh, though. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's not even a All question. right, well, let's talk about number three. Sure. So one of the hard things about this show tonight was not only that Sami Zayn is going up against Titus O'Neil, but it was also that Gallows and Anderson were, were going up against the Golden Truth. So this leads us to number three, which is that if they're going to make better storylines, WWE needs to acquire more talent for Raw. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, uh, as they're not completely invested in storylines, and I'm not even sure at this point you could build a storyline for guys like the Golden Truth or a guy like Titus O'Neil. I just don't think they have the in-ring ability to carry a story and make them look like a dominant character. Um, like that, like I don't think that even SmackDown could use them well. Yeah, I mean, you'd you'd have to do something creative, like put them in a group, you know, or something. Yeah, like that, so yeah, yeah, like where like a faction where ties to just the meathead muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like at that point, WWE needs to acquire more talent for Raw to build better storylines. So. We just have a list, and you guys can feel free to add it to it in the comment sections. But, you know, I came up with Samoa Joe, John Morrison, Rey Mysterio, and the Hardy Boys. Uh, I, I use those because those are guys who are either ready to come up from NXT. I mean, you could even throw in uh, the Revival in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other ones are people that WWE fans already know and, for the most part, already love. And they're there to aid storylines and help get guys over like Enzo or like uh, Gallus and Anderson and like Sami Zayn. Um, but can you think of any more? And why do you think um, like WWE just needs to acquire more talent? Yeah, there's a lot more, um, you know, too many to name really, but it, it's just, uh, it's one of those things where they split the roster in half. Um, SmackDown's doing a really good job with what they have. And it, it may be like, you know, they don't have, you know, the, the talent or whatever. So they have to create really good stories, but raw thinks that they can go off of just the talent that they have and it's failing. So, you know, um, acquiring more people is, you know, basically going to fill in those jobber matches that you don't have to have. Um, at the same time, you know, having more talent there also allows you to create, like we were just talking about, create stables, create tag teams, create, um, you know, 
different stories for new people going up against legends. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do, but right now, I don't know if it's necessarily a, a lack of talent that they have. They're just not using them correctly. So my only fear of that is you bring in, you know, people like the Hardys, let's say, that want to come back to WWE to kind of finish out their career, but you don't give them the freedom that they have now in TNA to do kind of the crazy stuff that they're able to do. Um, you just t kind of turn them back into what we saw from the Dudley boys, you know, which was, in my opinion, just a complete disaster of a, of a return. Yeah, I don't think you can do that because, I mean, I know that the Dudley boys um, are kind of an iconic group, but they never reached that level of popularity that the Hardy boys ever did. You know, it's just one of those things where I don't think the fans would allow you to do that. Well, it's, you know, right now they don't care what the fans <laughs> think. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's just a lot of stuff you can do with, with more talent and more recognizable talent. So um, the fourth one we got is to use the underutilized talents. And there's so many that they're just completely destroying their characters right now. So the list here was Sami Zayn, Braun Strowman. Um, he actually cut a decent promo tonight. Um, where they actually let him talk, which was good. Enzo and Cass, Gallows and Anderson, Neville etc. You know, like there's just so many people that they're just not doing anything with. So um, how do you see, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious, but what, what would you like to do with some of those guys that we listed there? Yeah. I mean, like if, if WWE is can, so one thing they can do if, if WWE is content on just um, burying Gallus and Anderson, which I think is a huge mistake. First of all, I think Samoa Joe needs to call, be called up to be their leader. Um, but, to have Enzo's and Cass segment on the show be for cancer. And listen, I'm all for cancer research and I'm all for uh, money being given for cancer, but Enzo and Cass are too important to the show for them to be that, to have that be their sole segment, mm -hmm. you know, and just it's, it's too, you can't bury those guys. Like, especially when the show is just dying for good mouthpieces. There's not a, I can't think of maybe besides Jericho, a better mouthpiece in WWE right now than Enzo. Yeah. And or I mean, and the same thing can go for SmackDown. It's Bray Wyatt. Mm -hmm. Like these guys cannot just be buried. I mean, the same thing with Gallus and Anderson. If you watch these guys in ring, I know everyone talks about how amazing the revival is in NXT, but these guys are even on another level besides that. And they're pretty decent on the mic. Um, and they're pretty lovable, even as heels. Like they're just lovable characters. So uh, they got to find space for that and they got to give them more time and more stories. That might just mean that you have to give them more credible tag teams to help build their characters. Yeah. Um, and I think it's what well, for Gallus and Anderson, you just need to give them a leader and like that's how you restart it again. It doesn't take much more than that because maybe they get that one more match with, with the new day and their leader comes and finally evens the odds and it starts their tag team run. Yeah. You just um, got to do something, man. Like, yeah, you know, and and zone casts last week were you know with the lowest rated raw in forever, they you know just kind of randomly came out and challenged Jericho you know at the end which means nothing like you know it just it doesn't make any sense uh, you know Sami Zayn uh, is is getting buried as well you know Braun Strowman at least you know they wrote in for him to say like you know what you're doing with me sucks you know so um, you know but Neville. I can't remember the last time we we've seen him and it may have been a couple weeks ago, but it's just so unimportant that you just don't, you, you know, when you see these guys, you just don't like, there's nothing to it, you know? So like, well, I mean with him too, like how is that guy not the first cruiserweight champion? I mean, I hate yeah. to say it like the Brian Kendrick or uh, 
Perkins should not be the champion. It should be Adrian Neville. Yeah. And and that and that's not to say that they're not worthy. That's just to say that Neville would already have that belt on another level of prestige that those guys wouldn't have it. And eventually maybe those guys take it off Neville, but like he would bring it to a level because one fans are familiar with him and two fans love him. Yeah. Or go ahead and let Perkins win and then come out and, you know, he kind of has that, um, he has a personality that seems like he could easily be kind of that cocky, arrogant kind of, you know, I don't think that's his personality, but he could come across that way, you know, if that makes sense. So I think if he, let's say he won the tournament, he comes out and cuts a promo like, you know, I, you know, I'm better than everybody else, blah, blah, blah. And then you have Neville come out. And, you know, he's the fan favorite saying, like, you don't disrespect WWE or the fans or blah, blah, blah. And then you have a match. So I think that, uh, you know, Neville definitely needs to be in that cruiserweight uh, division. But at the same time, they have it separated from Raw. So they need to do something different with that. Like when we go to commercial and come back, you have the ropes are different. You have a cruiserweight map. You have purple lighting you know, make it part of Raw. Yeah. If it's part of Raw, yeah. you know, like it just doesn't make any sense. So, And not only that, just or just have eventually like, I mean, that, yes, that, but also just have Neville come out and attack one of them yeah. and have him be a heel. Yeah, do something, you know. Like, you know, and then or introduce Rey Mysterio. Yep. I mean, anything could work, you know, it's just them doing it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, they have so many people that they're just not doing anything with. And even like the, you know, like Cesaro and Sheamus, you know, just putting them in a tag team because they don't have anything else to do with them. That's, I mean, getting there was brutal, but at least they're trying something different, you know? Um, yeah. So I hate the way that they got there, but now that they're kind of together, seeing how they can progress and stuff like that may be more entertaining than the 18 matches they had leading up to this. So I mean, they could have a pretty amazing finisher, which is the uh, Cesaro swing which is met with a bro kick. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, like the guys, he's guys being swung around and all of a sudden he gets kicked in the head out of nowhere. Yeah. So, I mean, we've seen this, you know, countless times where eventually they're going to get on the same page and they're going to be a good team and they're going to win the tag championships at some point in time, you know, um, relatively soon, I would think. So, you know, I don't know. It's just like, you know, so you're going to, you're going to throw those two guys together at, at random, but we can't do anything with the club. You know, like that's what kind of bothers me is like, yeah. you know, who's actually or, a legit yeah, tag or in zone cast, you know, do something with the people that are the most popular or have the most to offer instead of taking two people that should be singles wrestlers, putting them in a tag team out of necessity because the division is just you've made it horrible and you're going to give them a title opportunity before these other people. So, it, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me, but yeah. um, that's just how it is. So, yeah. So let's, let's go to the last sure, one, yeah. which I think is the one that you are probably most passionate about yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you, once you uh, segue uh, into it, this, this pisses me off. <laughs> so the best storyline that they have going right now that covers the entire show is triple H. He came out, he helped Kevin Owens win. Where is he? Like, we, we saw him come pick up Stephanie the other night or whatever uh, after Clash of Champions, but there's very little mention of him. He's not back. We don't have any clues as to why he helped Kevin Owens win. They keep talking about him helping him. Where is where is he? Why doesn't Stephanie know anything? Like, they, don't, they must not talk about WWE stuff when they get home because she still doesn't know why he showed up. You know, it's just... Yeah, I, I don't get it, man. Like, 
this this is like a slap in the face to everyone who wants Raw to be good and wants a storyline and wants, you know, all of this stuff to make sense because this is the one thing that you have going and you're going to drag, like, how, when's WrestleMania? Is it like it's, it's, April it's or early something? April. Okay. So we got about six months. Yeah. So this storyline, according to stuff that you and I have both read, the storyline is leading up to Triple H and Seth Rollins, right? Yeah. Okay. So this storyline is going to be drug out for six months. And so far, in six or seven weeks since Kevin Owens became champion, there's no mention of any of this stuff. We haven't seen Triple H back at all. So, well, it's it's not even do, just like, the 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 feud between Triple H and Rollins that matters. It's the fact that he chose KO. Yeah. So why not elevate KO? Yeah. There's just there's nothing. You know. There's there's no explanation of why he picked Kevin Owens. There's no explanation of why he turned on Seth Rollins. There's no explanation of why he stared down Mick Foley, you know, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff. Do you think, yeah. Do you think that this is like Raw's way of trying to get another Shane McMahon moment where the guy's been gone for so long? Now, obviously you can't create that sort of hype because I mean, I think what Shane was gone for like eight years, Mm -hmm. but the fact that he's gone so long that when he comes back, it's going to be such an epic moment again um, that, it's a way of jump-starting things, potentially, probably around Royal Rumble time, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, but it's like, okay, so the ratings suck right now, right? So, like, this, the show is tanking, and you had one of the coolest moments. You know, like, he was gone forever, you know, for a while. He was gone since WrestleMania. Came, yeah, five months. Came back at random and helped Kevin Owens win the championship for the first time. So all of us... You know, you and I and, and everybody on Twitter and everything were going crazy. Number one, that Triple H came back. Number two, that Kevin Owens won the title. Because, we, you know, I thought for sure that they were going to give it back to Roman Reigns, you know. So, Kevin Owens won the title for the first time, and Triple H is back. So, what have they done since then? Kevin Owens comes out. You know, he's the champion. There's no explanation from anything else. And then you have Triple H leave again. So... You know, I mean, when when does he come back to explain any of this stuff? Like, it, it just, they're, by the time that he comes back to explain the situation and why he did it and all that stuff, you're going to lose all of these viewers that, you know, showed up that, it's like, it's like watching a TV show where you have a, a plot point, you know, at the very beginning that doesn't pay off, you know, for six episodes and, and you don't go back to it until then and there's no mention of it it's like why would you want to watch those episodes you know after that if there's no mention of like the main story you know it just doesn't make any sense so um that's the you know the biggest thing for me is just their creative department right now on raw is just phoning it in like there's no way that they can be trying you know like and if they are it's really sad they need to do something quick because you know if they're not trying to put all of their stuff you know, so far down that they go to the network, then I don't understand how they can watch this sh- or how they can produce this show and think it's good, you know? So. Well, there is a 71-year-old man backstage. That's true. But, you know, he's I'm sure he's at SmackDown too, right? I mean, he has to be... I think he attends, like, every show. So he's got to be seeing what's going on. You know, there there's got to be you know, something in his head that's like, oh, well, there's something different here. And like, you know, once SmackDown, like I find SmackDown pretty entertaining. It's only two hours, 
Um, yeah. You know, so there's a lot of stuff going for it, but there's got to be something that clicks in his head that's like, wow, this is different, and people are responding to it. And you know, I haven't looked at the ratings for SmackDown, but I would say they're probably it's almost pretty, three million. Yeah. So I mean, they're, they're you know, killing. At, at they're this killing. point, they're almost they're... doubling what Raw gets. You know, uh, so if you see that kind of success, it's not just because of Daniel Bryan. It's not just because of Shane McMahon. It's because the stories are so good and there's a, a shorter amount of time to fill that they can, you know, like last week, they had a continuation of a story from start to finish of Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton that paid off in the end with Randy Orton finding him, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So tonight Raw went from segment to segment to segment. There's really no continuation of anything other than Chris Jericho because Ashton Kutcher and, uh, you know, his buddy were there. And that's pretty much it. You know, like they, they revolved the show all around the special guests like they always have done for years and years. And it's not about anything that's currently going on. It's let's, you know, pander to the people that are here guest hosting the show. You know, and it just, I don't know, man. It just, it's, it's really hard to watch. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I kind of hope that you're right and I'm deathly afraid that you're wrong. And, uh, I like I, I just don't know what to do, and it was really hard because I try to be a faithful watcher, not simply because we're going to talk about it, sure, uh, but because you know, there's like this sort of beautiful nostalgia for me, yeah, uh, for wrestling, which is I remember times when I loved wrestling. I thought it was the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I remember being a little kid and thinking that. Sting coming down from the rafters was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. I remember, uh, you know, Mick Foley being thrown off hell in a cell mm-hmm. and being like choke slammed into thumbtacks and be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I have those moments. And, and like, part, and, and the sad thing is like, there's this little thing that that kind of inner kid is just dying. Yeah. And, you know, they had that moment, too. It's like, you know, for the longest time, nothing ever happened. But Triple H came back. He turned on Seth Rollins, gave Kevin Owens a championship. And that was like, that's why, like, we watch wrestling is for moments like that. But it's so few and far between that it's it's really hard to watch Raw for three hours where nothing happens, you know. And they have to understand that, like, you and I feel that same way, like, when stuff like that happens, you're like, yes, like, you know, that's the payoff that we're looking for. And that's like in any show like, you know, Walking Dead or Game of Thrones or whatever, you're waiting for that payoff for that story. You know, like you're you're going to follow that journey because you care about the characters right now. I don't care about anybody on the show, really, you know, except for Chris Jericho. And I, I love Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. So like those three people are really the only reason that I would watch the show. You know, yeah, so. you know, I I feel that way about Enzo and Cass. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, there's other people that I love too. I mean, like I, I I'll be honest, like I have a strong affinity for Sami Zayn. Sure, yeah. You know, it's the same thing, and like that's almost even harder for me to watch. Yeah, it's it's like when you so like as a Timberwolves fan, and that we had this coach, uh, basketball fan, should be familiar with him, named Rick Adelman. Mm-hmm. And Rick Adelman has had this notorious career for just not playing young guys because he doesn't think they're any good. So we had, like, these um, two great rookies named uh, Shabazz Muhammad and Gorgie Jang, and he wouldn't play in their rookie years. And then what happens the next year they play? 
they're like bona fide starters. He did the same thing in the Sacramento uh, with a guy named Gerald Wallace, who was one of the best defensive players in the, in the league and a couple several time All Star. And he did the same thing in Portland with a guy named Drazen Petrovic, who unfortunately died. Uh, but when he got traded to New Jersey in the early 90s, he became one of the best shooters and scorers in the league. Uh, and I feel like that's sometimes what's happening on Raw is I feel like that Sami Zayn could be that Daniel Bryan character. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he can be as big, but I think he could be near it. Uh, I think that Enzo and Cass could be this generation's New Age outlaws. Yeah. Uh, I think they could actually be bigger than the New Age outlaws because I think that one – Cast is sure a lot more intimidating than Billy Gunn. Uh, and two, Enzo's a lot more charming than Road Dog. Yeah. yeah. And and that's the hard part. It's like you're watching people just you're watching talent just be wasted. And it's like and it's one thing if you're like the Timberwolves team from five years ago and you win fourteen if you win 14 games, but that's a deserved 14 wins because you have no talent on your roster. Yeah. That's not the case here. Right. There's talent on this roster and you got to put it to use. And that's, what's frustrating. And that's, what's like heartbreaking is like, it could be good. Yeah. It really could. Uh, but I don't know why, but they're just not making it good. And and that's the hard thing. And the sad part is, is like, and I think this is why what culture is so big is like, there's a lot of people out there who could book better segments. Yeah. I, you and know, that's the hard part. Yeah. It, it, you know, when it, it 100% falls on their creative team, which in your analogy would be the coaches, you know? Um, so you have all of the talent, you have basically an all-star team because technically the people in WWE should be some of the best wrestlers or best personalities, entertainers or whatever in the world, you know, like everybody wants to get to WWE. It's like the major leagues. So you're, you know, people in the indies right now, you know, maybe, you know, and it may be losing its luster, but everybody wants to make it to WWE eventually, or that's how it used to be. I don't know, you know, so much anymore just because of what they're doing, but, you know, um, just the, the amount of talent that they have is through the roof. And without people behind the scenes, like if I hand you a script and you're one of the best entertainers in the world and i write crappy product for you to just read and and memorize if i'm not as entertaining as you it's gonna suck because you you just can't use your talents to their fullest so you know when they go out there and they hand them a script for the show and they can't do anything other than just go off of this script there's there's nothing that's of entertainment you know there's no entertainment value in what they're letting these people do so you know i don't know what you know it's got to be something where you know, Sami Zayn or some of these people, for me, like they're going to have to get traded or something to SmackDown for them to be relevant, yeah. which, which is sad. But, you know, and then what happens to the people that go to Raw? You know, like let's say it's uh, The Miz gets traded over to Raw. His character is going to die. You know, it's they're not going to be able to do that same thing because he does, he's got a completely different type of person writing for him on SmackDown right now. You know, and he's, he's thriving. You know, he, yeah. his character is better than it's ever been right now. Well, um, and the sad thing is, is if you're, I don't know, I, I hope you don't, but I don't know if you listen to Ryback's podcast. No, I don't. <laughs> and uh, good for you for not. Uh, I have unfortunately caught a few episodes. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess he likes to use the F word a lot. Sure. Um, when he's not in WWE, which is kind of like I don't know, 
like it, it, you're not cool like you know if you're gonna say the f-word you better sound like samuel jackson <laughs> right yeah. uh, ryback is no samuel jackson um but you know, if you listen to him and you listen to cody rose right now what they're talking about is if you have a good agent a good booking agent you can actually make more money on the indies than you can in wwe mm-hmm. yeah that's the sad part and like what's the incentive for a guy like cesaro if cesaro went back to ring of honor do you know how huge he would be oh yeah for sure you know, or I mean, like, what if Sami Zayn went back to to Ring of Honor? You know, how huge would be. I mean, right now those guys, like, you look at what Jay Lethal is doing, or like the Ring of Honor guys, like the Ring of Honor guys are doing New Japan and Ring of Honor, um, and then Jay Lethal is doing stuff with What Culture. Yeah. Like, uh, like you can easily do that, and you can make a killer living. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. Like you said, you know, um, because WWE should be the place where everybody wants to go like i like i was talking about and it used to be that way but now you have you know this it's just where you go just to get recognized almost you know like those guys are getting their tv time every week but you know wwe needs to keep in mind like some of those shows you know some of those um other wrestling promotions are gaining momentum you know they're gaining fan base because your product is so bad so you know if you're if if i want to watch wrestling and I'm a huge wrestling fan, and WWE's not doing it for me. Where am I going to go? You know, I'm going to check out TNA and see what they're doing with Matt Hardy. You know, on the Hardy Boys, I'm going to you know, go check out Jay Lethal and some of those other guys on you know Ring of Honor of other things that they're doing. Or I'm going to go watch Will Osprey, um, you know, do his thing. So you know, they're they're making us go watch these other programs when they should be focused on like you know, I want all of you guys, you know, down below us here. You know, the New Japan guys should want to come to WWE because that's where, you know, you're going to make the most money. And that's not the case anymore. So, yeah, it's like your baseball team is so bad that you're willing to go check out another organization's uh, minor league team. Exactly. Two towns over. It sucks. Yeah. You know, um, well, hey, let's sum this up in five points. and We'll close it out. So one, keeps turning Seth Rollins Two, turn Roman Reigns. Three, acquire more talent Four, utilize talents better. Five. Use Triple H. Yep. Good That's story five points. Man. Yeah, I mean, right there, that that can fix the ratings, can make the show better. So for all of you that are suffering along with us for three hours on Monday uh, and get our few uh, moments of, of solace and comfort and happiness, um, I guess that would be Seth Rollins and maybe Sasha Banks uh, winning the championship tonight, uh, which that, you know, seemed very anticlimactic to me. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, yeah. It wasn't like the first time she won it. No. Uh, then uh, we hope that, um, well, one, we'd love it if you shared this podcast uh, out so that we can, you know, hopefully get these points out. But uh, two, like, uh, you know, we, we would love to hear your thoughts because, uh, you know, hopefully at some point WWE just listens to us and social media. Uh, which they probably won't, but you know, you got to think that someone out there like Shane McMahon uh, has a general understanding of what the fans are thinking. Yeah, absolutely. There's gotta, there's gotta be somebody there that knows what we're doing is not working, you know? Um, And and they can see that with SmackDown. So, you know, hopefully raw takes a page out of SmackDown's book and eventually, you know, gets maybe whittle it down to just a couple writers working instead of 30 or however many they have. But yeah, I mean, we would love to hear you guys, your guys' feedback. We love interacting with you guys. Um, let us know what you guys think that could fix Raw. You know, like there's tons of stuff out there. We just touched on a few of them. 
Um, we've got a lot more thoughts. I'm sure you guys do too. But thank you guys so much for checking this out. Um, you know, like Mike said, please like this, share it, leave us a comment, um, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.